Blind Living Radio is brought to you by HP ink and toner cartridges. Precision engineered to work together with your HP printer. Industries for the Blind presents Blind Living Radio, where you'll hear interesting topics, fun stories, and important news about our blind and visually impaired community. It's time now for Blind Living Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Blind Living Radio. The HP studio today has Harley Thomas, that's me, and Ellen Colby. Hi, Harley. That's you over there. That is me. That's my attempt today. at humor, you know, because it's April. It's April. Do you know April is National Humor Month? And and is National Joy humor Month, right? National Humor Month? Yes. Funny Joys? So it's National Humor Month, so we're going to talk about humor today. Yes, Yes, we are. And how humor helps us deal with stress in the workplace and stress at home. Kind of helps lighten the mood a little bit sometimes. Need it every once in a while. All the time. All the time. Especially because you and I work together. Yes. And we need humor every day, don't we? Keeps it moving. It keeps it moving. And everyone around us thinks that we have humor too. That's what makes it kind of fun. That's why we're the fun people to work with. I'm not sure if they're laughing at us or with us sometimes. Oh, they're laughing with us. Oh, oh okay. trust with me, us. they are. Now I've got to go check. Oh, boy. Put, <laughs> let me write that down here on the list of things to do. Go check. So I really want to talk about humor today and how that helps people. And our guest today is a funny guy. He is very entertaining. He's been in comedy a long time. But is Nash funnier than he is? Nash would be his guide dog. And oh. we'll talk to him about that. See, I didn't know his guide dog's name. Oh, well. We'll talk to him about that. I saw it on a poster. He's got a huge show coming up in New York City. Oh, yeah, he does. He did have... I didn't see the He's with Gilbert Gottfried. I mean, he's with some big-name people. Yeah, they do with his Laugh for Sight foundation. He's blind, and he's a comedian, which is really cool. And he travels the circuit and tells funny stories and jokes, and maybe he'll share some with us today. What do you think? I think he will. Should we get him on the horn? Absolutely. Okay, we're going to call Brian Fischler now, and he is a blind comedian. This is Brian. Hi, Brian. This is Ellen and Harley from Blind Living Radio. Hey, how you guys doing? We are doing great. What about you? Uh, it's Friday, so I'm doing pretty well, you know? It's always good to be on a Friday. It is. It is. Although, when you don't have a regular work schedule like me, it seems like every day is Friday. Is that because you're doing the club circuit and you're a famous superstar? I wouldn't say famous superstar unless you're, you know, in my own head, but, uh, you know, yeah. No, uh, is Nash a superstar? Nash is a superstar, and, and uh, I guess he's the famous one of the comedy duo, but uh, he's the good-looking one. So uh, I was telling our listeners Nash is your guide dog. He is. He is. He's, uh, he's a superstar. I mean, he comes on stage with me, and, you know, it's funny because... I think I'm, I may be the first person in the history of guide dog school to ask the guide dog school, you know, maybe you should teach the dogs how to behave when on stage, but uh, <laughs> and they I don't said, think that's what? something they're going to add to the curriculum, though. No, it's a good question to ask, though, and maybe they should start putting that into the curriculum. I think that's funny. That's yeah, good. No, no. So he, he does a great job, you know, unless... Unless uh, there was a show I was doing down in West Palm one day, and it was you know he was he normally just sits there, but uh, he kept going over to uh, the left, and he kept pulling me, and I'm trying to you know give him you know kind of nonverbal stuff and everything while I'm on stage, and 
after the set, I go back to the green room, and uh, the, the headlining comedian, uh, Tom Papa, was back there, and he was really laughing. I'm like, what's so funny? He's like, some guy in the front row was feeding them French fries. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> awesome. I'm like, what an, you know, first off, you never feed a guy dog. And, uh, no, yeah, you so, don't. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. So, but you get some people sometimes that just don't know any better. But that that was an interesting stage experience. And you were visiting West Palm. Where are you based out of? Uh, I'm out of New York City, but you know I can't uh, obviously drive to Midwest that sort of thing. But I do do uh, kind of the Northeast, uh, Florida and California a few times a year. So Nash is traveling with you a lot too when you're. Out on the road. Oh yeah, yeah. Like people often ask, they're like, "Well, where's he going the plane?" And, which I always tell them, uh, he goes on the overhead storage. <laughs> you know what? That's exactly what one of our sales guys that travels with his dog tells yeah. everybody. Tell them, it's, you know, that's amazing how many people say, "Really?" Goes in the overhead. <laughs> no, not really. really. No, he curls up at my feet. He's exactly. perfectly happy with it. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, you know. Some, some. Sometimes when people ask questions about your service dog, they lose their 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 brain and uh, they just don't think, you know. Uh, so uh, I like to have good fun with it, though, you know. Uh, to see how much I could uh, pull over on people. But no, he's he uh, he should have his own frequent flyer miles, you know, and everything. But uh, he's really uh, good at traveling. And I was on one plane one time, and the woman sitting next to me was scared to death of flying, and oh, Nash. Boy. Nash sat on her feet, and she told me it was the most relaxing flight she ever had. So there's something about that with the dog and contact, and that's nice. So Brian, one one question I I have because obviously you're a very successful comedian. You're going to maybe argue that, but I'm going to say you're successful. I've had some success, yeah. Some yes, success, yeah. What got you into being a comedian? What got you into comedy? Yeah, going back to uh, even back when I had sight, I, I was working in the entertainment in the movie business, and I was a creative exec. So I was, I was a screenwriter before everybody and their cousin at the coffee shop became a screenwriter, and I came very close to uh, selling a, I had a big hot screenplay. It never sold, but I ended up with Second City Improv, but not the classic legendary school out of Chicago. They had a uh, one here in New York, and... You know, what a lot of people don't realize with improv is it's such a visual art form, you know, because you're, you're either reacting to a facial expression or a hand gesture. And as my vision was deteriorating, improv wasn't really something I could do anymore. And I people had always been telling me that I should try my hand at stand-up comedy, you know. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And, and I just started doing it. And, you know, that was in 2004. And here we are 12 years later. And uh, now I'm getting paid to do it. So it was really funny because years ago when I was going blind, you know, I was, this is, this is in, uh, I guess, 2004, 2005. I had to get my website done. So I designed my website. I was doing it on my own. I had no clue what I was doing. And I just labeled my website the world's funniest legally blind comic. And I, all of a sudden, out of the blue, I get an email through the website, and it's like, I've seen a legally blind comic that's funnier than you. And I'm like, Ooh. it's not an official oh. title. I didn't. <laughs> you are fraudulently <laughs> saying you're funny. Some powerful yeah, content. There's no contest that said that he's the world's. I just made it up. So uh, it was really funny though to get that email. That's uh, awesome. But now yeah. I'm the now I'm just the blind comic, you know. And uh, there's no world's funniest. There's no legally blind. Now it's just. You know, as my vision has deteriorated, now it's just blind comic. It sounds like you've kind of progressively lost your vision then. 
as you're going through. I, what was the cause of that? I lost it uh, due to retina, uh, retinitis pigmentosa. Okay. okay. And, you know, it was a slow progression, then a fast progression, and now it's, you know, it's, I could see light and dark and everything. And, you know, what was, you know, what was most the two things that helped me cope the most with going blind? You know, because a, a lot of people don't realize that going blind is a lot more difficult than being blind. Uh, there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of anxiety. And the things that helped me cope with it was, one, having Nash was fantastic because I got him at kind of that perfect time where my vision, you know, was being able to see the walk and don't walk signs in New York to not being able to see them and having to learn how to listen for traffic and everything. And then doing stand-up comedy was unbelievably therapeutic because, you know, something would happen in my life and as bizarre as things that happen to somebody that's going blind on the street, every time something really bizarre or very strange happened, I'm like, okay, how can I work that into the act? So, uh, your you your know, whole life becomes your act, right? You, exactly, you're always looking exactly. for real life experiences. Exactly. Um, legendary comedian Robert Klein, who's a good friend of mine, he's he's done a benefit that I've run. He's done it nine times. And you know, when I was starting out, Robert said to me, you know, people become comedians because there's something wrong with them. All comedians are in therapy of some kind. With you, we know what's wrong with you. You know, it's the blindness and everything. And yeah, you know, Robert says if you get four or five comedians at a party, everybody thinks it's going to be a barrel of laughs, but they're all depressed in the corner and talking about their social anxieties and everything. So if you do go to a party that has four or five comics at it, don't expect a barrel of laughs. <laughs> yeah, so stay yeah. away from a party of comedians. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not as fun as oh, it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> not as fun as it sounds. No, no, no. Not as much fun as it sounds. You're kind of touching on a key point that even for for a multitude of different reasons that the comedy is kind of a, a good outlet for for therapy. It is, it is. I was never it. one that was big. You know, I tried, you know, going to see a therapist when I was going blind, which, you know, I think for some people that works for them. Maybe I didn't find the right therapist or, or whatever, but, you know, I, I just found doing comedy was just very therapeutic for me because somebody runs into you on the street and says something and, you know, everybody handles it differently. For me, it was just, it was just okay. As bizarre or, or as strange as something that happened was, I always had an outlet for it. I always had, you know, a way to express it and everything. And I guess that's my way of coping with it. Now, don't get me wrong. There were times in my apartment, I've been was like, you handle it so well. I'm like, well, you should be at my apartment at three in the morning when I bump my head. Right. <laughs> that would not be the PG version, right? No, that would not be the PG version. That would be the, how did I not remember to close that cabinet door and a lot of four-letter words come flying out of your mouth. But uh, it, it really is amazing, though, because every time anything happens in my life, it's always like, okay, well, how do we work that into the act and everything? So it, it is nice having that. And you can imagine all the different notes that I've made and, and the different files I have. You know, thank God for modern technology, just being able to keep track of everything. And, you know, I'm, I'm constantly emailing myself ideas and stuff like that. And that's kind of the way uh, things formulate and get worked into a joke. Brian, aside from the obvious, how hard is it to be a blind comedian or is it or is it easier? 
Yeah, it's interesting. I've had conversations with other comics about this, and they say you're so lucky because you can't see the audience. Well, I disagree with that because... Excuse me, coming from an improv background, you know, comics, they, they react on the way maybe somebody's, you know, looking in the audience or whatever. I've got to do everything according to sound because, you know, the days of heckling, unless you're doing a bar at, at, at midnight on a Friday, days of heckling are, are it, it, it's very rare that somebody heckles a blind comic because you're going to, you're just not going to look like a good person. So, I've got to do, like, if there's somebody that's laughing uncontrollably, I'll start, you know, picking them out from the crowd. And, uh, because I do like to do some crowd work, but I can't obviously do it visually. So it's all by sound and, and maybe I'll hear somebody say something or whatever. You know, I, I, I am fortunate that I do have that Superman heightened hearing and everything where I can hear people, you know, having conversations when I'm on stage sometimes. And, and sometimes that has, has led to great material. I'll tell you one funny story. Oh, I was doing uh, two sh- two shows out on the Queen Mary in Los Angeles. That uh, the, the the ship that brought the you know people back from World War II, which is interesting because my grandfather came back from World War II on the Queen Mary, and here I was, what forty years later, doing two comedy shows on the Queen Mary. The first show went great, and the second show I'm doing the same exact material. And I'm getting crickets, you know, no response, no laughter. And I had the greatest ad lib of my life where I said, what are the odds of blind comic and a deaf audience? How'd that go over? <laughs> not a, a response? great response. And that's when you knew it was just not going to be my show. Oh. You know? I mean, I've actually worked that into other jokes, but it was I couldn't believe it popped into my head. And it was just... I think it's the best line I've ever come up with on stage, you know, because that's, that's the worst thing you have, you know, uh, a blind comic and a deaf audience. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's the worst when you're up on stage and it's happened, you know, and there's just, you expect something to kill and there's just no response and you're like, okay. Uh, Is anybody like, out there? Hello? Yeah. Hello, yeah. audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be here all week, you know. Tip your waitress. <laughs> Yeah, well, Larry David from Enthusiasm, he was notorious back in the 80s where he would get on stage and look around, and if he didn't like the look of the audience, he'd just walk off stage and do a show. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, if people think he's b- bizarre on Curb Your Enthusiasm, the stories I've heard about back when he was performing stand-up in New York in the 80s, which was before my time, are legendary. He was doing a show one night, and I guess he was doing a joke about a bungalow. And somebody in the audience asked, "What's a bungalow?" And he said, "What's a bung?" And he got off, and he, he just walked off stage. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> he thought the audience was too stupid. <laughs> and that is one of the great things: being somebody, you know, one, you know, being a comedian, but two, being a comedy fan. Getting to meet a lot of the comics that I've looked up to, and then, and then you know the stories you hear about, you know, just over the decades and everything. It's it's pretty it's a pretty unique club, and it's I can go to any comedy club in New York or L.A. and and you know go backstage and get to meet whoever. So that's that's kind of one of the fringe benefits. It's a fringe benefit for sure, yeah. Brian. You know what? Let's take a quick break. Let our audience take a quick break. Let our sponsors give a word, and we'll be right back with you. You're listening to Blind Living Radio. We have Brian Fischler, the blind comedian, in the HP studio with Ellen Colby. We'll be right back after these messages. Blind Living Radio will be right back after these messages. Blind Living Radio is supported by Industries for the Blind in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 
creating employment opportunities for the blind and visually impaired from coast to coast. From Milwaukee, Wisconsin, this is Blind Living Radio. From Industries for the Blind, providing employment opportunities for blind professionals since 1952. I'm what the government likes to call legally blind. Compared to what, though? Illegally blind? And what would that be anyway? A blind guy getting stopped for jaywalking without a driver's license? What, am I here to amuse you? What, am I here to amuse you? Wow, that was funny. That was Brian Fischler with a segment from his Laugh for Sight. You're listening to Blind Living Radio in the HP studio. Brian, welcome back. I'm happy to be here. Oh, and I also forgot to say... Brian Fischler is the blind comic. Yes, I am. Yes, you are. I'm the only one. <laughs> You're the only yeah. one. You're the only one. And I'd like to talk a little bit, since we played that clip about Laugh for Sight, can you tell us a little bit about Laugh for Sight and what the cause is and why you started it and, and when's the next one? Yeah, you know, it's amazing because we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary in New York City, so that's... Uh, Ten Laugh for Sight benefits in New York. We've done four in L.A. and uh, one in South Beach. And we uh, we raise money for uh, retinal degenerative eye disease research, and we uh, donate proceeds to the Shea Eye Institute at the University of Pennsylvania, where Dr. Sam Jacobson is leading the way and hopefully eventually a cure for retinitis pigmentosa. So having all the connections in comedy, I was like, what can I do to give back? And, you know, we haven't raised millions because you can only sell so many tickets, but it's money they wouldn't be getting any other way, and it's just great to do it. And we've had 60 comics donate their time, everyone from Jerry Seinfeld to Sarah Silverman, Robert Klein has done nine benefits, and you, know, you can look at our website, laughforsight.com, to see everybody who's done it. We're, we're launching a new benefit here in New York uh, coming up April 25th called Laugh for Sight for Dogs, and 50% of the proceeds will go to retinal degenerative eye disease research, and then 50% are going to go to disabled dogs, which is, they, they get ignored. They're not bad dogs. They're just dogs that ended up in bad situations, and we got the city of New York that's involved with the benefits. We're hoping that's going to be a smashing success. That's good stuff. See, now we talked about really good stuff. We had a lot of humor, and now we're talking about something really serious, RP and and giving money to help further research, which is great that all these folks, I mean, these are big-name stars donating their time. Yeah, I mean, the generosity of comedians has just blown me away. And, you know, Colin Quinn has done four benefits. And it's, you know, it's uh, it's it's funny because I just went to see Dave Vitell a couple weeks ago. And as soon as he saw me, he's like, let me guess, you need me to do a benefit. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> but as long as you're asking and bringing it up. <laughs> yes, I do. So, yes, uh, but, I do. You know, it's it's just amazing how generous all the comics have been and supportive and everything. And it's, it's you know, it's it's kind of like a... Uh, little fraternity that that you're in and you kind of all help each other out and everything so I'm, I'm very grateful to them brian can you tell us a little bit about your new podcast that you've recently launched called i access vo yeah my colleague ed uh, plumacher and i uh, ed and i also do training here on ios devices and i do training of other blind people on the mac computer <laughs> and none of them know i'm also a comedian because comedy doesn't pay for me to live in manhattan so I also do this training, and Ed and I decided to launch a podcast just talking about Apple as well as accessibility, and it's kind of a chance for me to vent about companies like ESPN when they refuse to make their app accessible to the blind. 
via voiceover, and uh, it's it's just a lot of fun. You know, it's it's uh, about an hour show that we do uh, every two weeks. Like you said, it's called iAccess VO. And uh, if you're blind and, and using uh, Apple products or any accessibility tools, I think you'll enjoy listening to it. We're not too serious on the show. We like to have a lot of fun and drop some comedy in on the show as well. So it's it's not a it's a fun listening experience. At least that's what the listeners are saying. One question we always like to ask our our callers when we talk to them is, what would you say to a fellow blind person that isn't quite sure that they can do? much of anything we get we talk to a lot of people that are losing their sight mm-hmm. and it's a scary process depending on it's, where you are in your it's a scary process and oh my goodness what what am i going to be able to do can i do anything it's very scary you know and, and it affects everybody differently everybody's going to deal with it in their own way but what i say to people is if you have to be blind and this is a weird statement if you have to be blind there isn't a better time in history to be blind because there's so much technology out there. There's so many advances in science going on that thanks to devices like the iPhone and, and, and Apple, I mean, it's, it's, you could read any book you want or you could listen to any music. I mean, you could use it to control your lights. Although I guess with, you know, when you're blind like me, <laughs> I, I don't really turn the lights on. In fact, I would have a friend come over, and the third time he was here, he's like, hey, man, do you mind turning on some lights? It's a little creepy in here. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, why didn't you ask that the first time, you know? But it, it's just there's so much out there that, you, you know, if you could learn to use the resources, you know, such as technology, technology is your friend. Don't be afraid of it. It'll open so many doors for you as a blind individual and there's really nothing you can't do except maybe drive. And uh, we know there are companies like Google and Apple that are hopefully going to fix that in the next five to ten years. They're so, going to make uh, it happen. There are. So uh, be able to blind drivers on the road. <laughs> Brian, since we are reaching the end of our time, I do want to ask you two really important questions. When do you have appearances coming up here at the end of April and early May? Where will you uh, be? I've got a couple shows coming up uh, at Gotham Comedy Club. If you're in New York City in April, I'm hopefully uh, going to be there, I think. Might be the first weekend in April, as well as Monday, April 25th. Uh, come on out uh, for Laugh for Sight for Dogs. And that show will be with me, Robert Klein, Paul Mercurio, uh, as well as a bunch of other people. Danny Aiello will be there. We're going to have some celebrity uh, presenters who will take the stage with a couple of disabled dogs to uh, share those dogs' stories. So it should be a fabulous event. So if you're in the New York City area coming out for that, and I think I'm going to be in Los Angeles in September, you'll have to check my website. I bet it's all on the website. And that's the next question. What is the website to learn more about Brian Fischler, the blind? There's two of them. Uh, There's my personal website, which is my name, brianfischler.com. And then there's the Laugh for Sight website, which is all things Laugh for Sight. And that's uh, laughforsight.com. Brian, I want to thank you for your time today. I know Ellen and I have had a lot of fun talking to you. It's been very inspirational, I think. Hey, man, I had a lot of fun. You guys were great. And uh, hopefully uh, hopefully your listeners will, uh, even though we were serious for a lot of this, hopefully they'll get a few laughs out of it. I hope they will, too. And I want to thank you for coming, Brian Fischler. Ellen, thanks for being in the studio with me today. Thanks for having me. You have been listening to Blind Living Radio. Don't forget to download all the episodes from iTunes. We'll talk to you all next week.
Thanks, everybody. Went to one of those fancy Beverly Hills restaurants you always see in the tabloids. And I finally figured out why they're so anorexic out there. The food is too freaking expensive. <laughs> so Nash and I walked into the restaurant, and the maitre d' comes running up to us, and the first words out of his mouth were, you can't come in. I said, no, I think it's okay. They allow white people in there. <laughs> and while the maitre d' was thinking what to say, I could have sworn I heard Nash talk to me for the first time. And he said, so should I like tie you to a tree outside and meet you when I'm done? <laughs> you know, being a writer for the Dog Whisperer, I get to meet some interesting people. Got to hang out with Tom Cruise in L.A. Yeah, some people still like him. <laughs> Tom was pretty cool up until the part where he started busting my balls. For me talking to a shrink about losing my vision. And even worse, for me taking medicine to prevent myself from going further blind. He said, you know, you need to put your faith in the higher entity and believe in the star and moons. I said, look, Maverick. <laughs> That's right, we were tight. The day I get to go from Nicole Kidman to Penelope Cruz to Katie Holmes, that's the day I'll start believing in made-up religions, too. <laughs> you guys enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks for listening to and supporting Blind Living Radio. You can support Industries for the Blind by ordering any of our products from blind-made.com. That's blind-made.com. Blind Living Radio is brought to you by HP ink and toner cartridges, precision engineered to work together with your HP printer. Hey, I'm Brian Fischler. I'm a blind comic, and you're listening to Blind Living Radio. 